Hey, Capital Beach Church Faith family, here we are back again for another episode of This Week Will Be Matt's Random Thoughts on Important Things. Not that I want to make anything that's important seem random, but this evening I wanted to make some comments on recent issues that are rising in America and just kind of give maybe a reasonable approach to them while also identifying with people's frustration. Tonight, or I should say this morning, or this afternoon, or whenever you're watching this or listening to this in your car, that this moment, I want to talk about gun violence. Because I feel like as I've watched people's reaction to what happened in Texas, as I've watched people's reaction to what happened in Tulsa, I've been disappointed. I've been disappointed because typically we think that the solution is just posting some random meme without really caring to think well about what's actually happening and why it even occurs. And then we like to make these comparisons like, oh, you know, Singapore, they don't have any gun violence and it's because they don't have guns. And it's because of, you know, just because they don't have guns and there's no violence. And it's like, hold on a second. I can remember being in Singapore 20 years ago and there was a kid who was in jail because he put up a flyer that said lost dog call this number and the government considered a graffiti and before they put him in jail they caned him so when you live in a culture where the government believes in adult spanking with rods surely there's going to be a level of safety there not only that they have a massively intense digital surveillance system that the citizens of singapore have agreed to so it's a weird deal whenever we try to make comparisons between America or other locations and say, well, they don't have it. Look at this. And then, you know, we have our population, which is massive. We've been always struggling with law enforcement, even before COVID. We have <sighs> Jesus is not against guns. Jesus is against the attitude of violence in people's hearts at the core. I always find it fascinating. One of my most fascinating things in scripture is that when Peter is, when Jesus is met at the garden by the guards, you know, just before he's brought to Caiaphas' house and Good Friday occurs, while there, Peter pulls out a sword and strikes the ear of one of the guards. Now, what's always struck me about that is why did he even have a sword in the first place? <laughs> like, like, like three years in Jesus' ministry, why are you still packing heat? Like, I, I mean, clearly Jesus is not trying to create a revolution. Jesus is not trying to take back and overthrow Rome. I mean, it's pretty glaringly obvious. I mean, even when Jesus expressed that he would give his life, Peter told them that that's not happening in his watch, at which time Jesus calls him Satan, which is always another fascinating thing to me. The man who knows Satan personally calls his friend Satan. Like, yeah, it's like the worst insult from the guy who knows Satan. <laughs> but, but, but the wild thing is, it appears that this sword's been around his waist maybe the entire time they're in ministry and it gets pulled at the point not necessarily 
for offensive violence, but in some respect, some type of defensive violence. Of course, Jesus has, has, you know, obviously isn't down for the deal, put it away, heals the servant's ear, and things go on. But I would think if Jesus was so against a sharp object being used for maybe a form of defense, clearly he would have been more animate speaking against it. Now, here's the deal. What I'm trying to say is, I don't know if Jesus is as concerned with guns or no guns, because at the end of the day for Jesus, it was never about long hair, short hair, eating on the Sabbath, not eating on the Sabbath, tithing, not tithing. It was never about how much you pray, not how much you pray, how much you read. How much. It was always the heart of the issue. And we do know that Jesus was against violence, useless, high emotion violence. Because for Jesus, ultimately, what was it? It was an issue of the heart. So as Christians, I feel like some Christians are too for guns. Some Christians, some Christians are too much against guns. Some Christians are kind of stuck. I mean, but Christians need to get out of both those camps and go. Listen, we don't have a gun problem. We have a heart problem. Our nation is sick in its soul. Now this has been, you know, amplified because of COVID. But gosh, we've been sick in this soul for a number of years. And it's disappointing to me that Christians keep erring on the different sides of the trivial issue about guns or no guns when really it's a deeper heart issue. Now, what's interesting is while people are angry that guns are allowed, especially with what happened in Texas, that that the grossness of evil occurring there, the level of mental sickness and heart sickness on display, the savagery, the, the, the deepest, darkest depression of parents losing their little kids in a place that they should be safe, like just the most horrendous act of injustice that any of us could bear to learn about. It could have continued except for like that one guy in the barbershop who happened to, while getting his haircut, get a call from his wife. And then because there was a gun in the barbershop, he was able to grab it, run down there and end up rescuing his wife, his kid and taking out the guy that was killing all the kids while officers, which is weird to me. I'm not sure why so many officers sat in the hallway for over 40 minutes and didn't do anything and could have stopped maybe many of those kids lives being taken. So what I'm what am I saying here? What I'm saying is the gun's not the issue because the gun killed, but then also there was the gun that saved. How many stories do we have of active shooters being stopped by citizens who are having concealed carries on them and being able to defend and stop more shootings? I mean, there was a story that came out literally like the week after what happened in Texas. The, the issue that we have to deal with, though, is, is a heart issue. And, and I think in some ways the issue we need to consider is do we live in a culture that glorifies violence? And I really think we do. And, and I don't think people realize it. Like if you think of the violence that we deal with on a constant, like, you know, any kind of action movie is all about violence. Any kind of um, game, usually the, the most popular games are violent in nature. Uh, we encourage a lot of sports that play out that are violent. Um, we gloat in locker rooms about violent behavior, 
when something was done wrong to us and that's okay. Um, we, we just live in a very violent culture. I mean, if you think about it, like it's just kind of, it, it just kind of permeates uh, every bit of our, of our heart sickness in America. And I think that's, that's the issue. So in my mind, when gun violence comes up, what we should wake up to the reality is not make an issue of the gun, you know, sure. I mean, you know, again, and it's, here's the deal. It's not easy to get legal guns. Let's just be straight up. You know, I just needed I just went and purchased a gun for, um, bird hunting this fall. And, uh, it's my first gun that I bought and, uh, it's not easy. First of all, they're expensive. That's number one. Number two, I had to like fill out and pass a whole how to handle a gun thing. Pretty, pretty, it was, it was pretty common sense, but you know, I had to do a test. After I did the test, then I had to get the money to get the gun. Then when I purchased the gun, I do background check. And then I had to sit there for a couple of weeks. And then, so it's not, you're just not, you're not rolling in and grabbing an assault rifle. Do we need assault rifles or not? You know, that's those weird deals where if you let people have guns, you know, like where do you draw the line on that stuff? You know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to get in caught in the gun debate. Anything in a sick person's hand that wants to do violence on anyone will do it. The issue is not the object they're using. The issue is what rests inside of their heart. And I feel like we're not talking enough about how do we need to shape and change our society to move away from violence as a form of entertainment and enjoyment and address the deep mental health issues that America is dealing with today. So Biden gets up today, does a, a speech, and he's calling for stricter gun laws. Give, give me a break. Let's not call for stricter gun laws. Let's, let's, let's call for like mental health programs and plans to provide better mental health to people. Let's, 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 let's call for you know, programs to champion um, fathers staying home and being good dads. Let's, you know, let's, 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 let's deal with the economy right now that appears to be falling apart, getting super expensive and people are losing jobs and not knowing how to feed their kids and are getting angry because of that let's, there's so many things that we need to deal with. And as Christians, I feel like our role is to not jump into the simple battle around the object. We should always be the people that step in the world and go, okay, what's the heart issue here? And maybe what's the solution I can bring around dealing with this heart issue? Let me not be the person that just posts, I'm for guns or I'm against guns. Let me be the person that goes, hey, I'm for human hearts and our hearts are super sick right now. And let me post some things on my social media that might help people realize that they should, this is, this is a wake up call to all of us going, am I angry inside? Paul would say every human being because of their sin has the capacity to do something like Texas. That no one... Everyone has fallen short of the glory of God. Because of sin, every human being in the sickness in their heart has the capacity to do the most wrong things. Even those of us that think, no, we're above that, but I don't know, pushed to that point, crammed in that situation, put under fire that much, would I? I would hope I wouldn't, but in the human heart without Jesus, I might. So the hope is that Christ is the ability to come and heal the human heart. And I feel like Christians are just getting, they just, we just get so wrapped up into the media's noise and we get caught in these camps. And it's like, who are the people that bring hope to these situations? I mean, you know, 
I haven't seen a single post by any of my Christian friends that have said, I'm going to GoFundMe and I'm going to raise X amount of money to help this family in need because they lost. It's none of it's like, no one's like, no one's bringing a solution. No one's saying, I'm going to provide two years of counseling to that mother who's lost that child to go through grief counseling and get an opportunity. Like, I'm not hearing any of those solutions. I'm just seeing people go to war around guns again when that's not, when that's the issue is neither here nor there. Now, you know, I don't want to get into should people carry have M16s and that's that's I don't I don't think that is a biblical issue. The biblical issue is the heart and violence and what space do we promote Jesus so that people can find hope and choose not to do those things. And when we're not hearing about horrific events like school shootings how are we actively promoting healthy hearts for people to not have those things occur? And I think that's the kind of stuff that we should be involved in um, as Christians. So my encouragement to my church, can't speak for everyone, my encouragement to those of you that are listening to this or watching this, what's the heart solution here? And if you are really passionate about solving this issue, how do we get involved? What do we do? What, what creative thing? Let's not get caught in a, the political nightmare of this deal. Let us be the people that just go, we're going to create a solution. We're going to step into society and find kids that don't have healthy living environments, and we're going to create programs that nurture them. We're going to create opportunities in schools to talk about deeper understanding of emotional intelligence so young kids can maybe they're not learning it at home but at least in school they can learn how to better understand their emotions and handle their emotions we're going to create opportunities to um, provide work for people to create to limit i mean i don't i don't know i don't know what it is but it would be i think beneficial to the world right now for christians to not get caught up in the war around the object but seek to be the promoter of the solution, which in Jesus' mind, I think, is a heart solution. And he is the answer to that solution. So it's practical. It's saying, okay, you know, this is a wake-up call to me. What do I allow in my home? You know, am I, am I promoting violence in my home? Am I showing my children that it's justified, violence is a justifiable action in certain scenarios and I want them to be violent? Or am I teaching them wisdom around violence, maybe not as offense, but if you need to defend, this is what you do. Um, you know, I had a situation last week with my son. My son is the most um, quiet, kind, uh, doesn't like conflict, rational kid you'll ever meet, like just rational. Like he, he, when you introduce yourself to him as an adult, he does this like weird stance because it's just, he just, it just feels so awkward to him and he just wants it to end as fast as possible. He doesn't want attention. He doesn't like anyone showing up to his football games. He doesn't want anyone to see him. It, it, when he's done like interceptions at football, he gets, he gets so, he's literally scored touchdowns and been so embarrassed that he scored a touchdown because he didn't want anyone looking at him. Okay. So he's like, you know, just that kind of kid. But he does have this deep sense of justice inside of him. And we've seen it at different times where if, He'll get up. The only time we've seen him get upset is when 
an injustice has occurred to him and then it's a then it's a justice issue that that and he can't let that go because he's he's rational and logical about it well this played out on the playground uh last week where his principal called me and said matt we got to talk we had a situation occur and basically what happened was my son and his little best friend you know they're both in fourth grade had a gang of fifth and sixth graders kind of come around them in the playground and start teasing, start teasing them. They're they're teasing, mostly teasing is they weren't teasing my son. They're teasing his best friend. So they're teasing him, teasing him, teasing him. They push him down the ground. You know, they're they're kind of threatening and teasing and teasing and teasing. Well, essentially, what my son did was he picked the biggest kid out of all of them and tackled him to the ground, and that stopped it. It just kind of broke it up. He didn't punch him, hit him. He just tackled him to the ground. The other kid's like, wait, what's going on? And then. Eventually, because that scene, the mosque, the recess monitors came over and, and you know and stopped the whole thing. Well, of course, my son gets in trouble. Like the kid that like never does anything or says anything to anyone. So the principal calls me and says, "Matt, you know we had to make this moment with your son, and you know um, he, I don't want to say attacked, but he, you know, blah blah blah." And, and in my mind, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe my son even cared enough to do something like what even you know." In my mind, like I can't wait to get him home because I want to know what the heck like. He, what okay who are you you know <laughs> so so anyways i taught the principal everything's cool they made a deal out of it they talked to the kids kids apologize to each other everything's squashed it's all good my son comes home i'm like hey son like so your principal called me like you know you kind of got a little violent like you know and like, what happened and so he starts telling me a story and he tells me you know bray his best friend they shoved him to the ground and they were picking on him, picking on him, and I saw Bray start crying. As soon as my son told me about his friend crying, my son starts crying. And I'm like, Xander, are you okay? And he's like, and my son like doesn't really cry a lot. And he just starts crying, crying. He goes, I just, he goes, Dad, I just, it hurt my heart so much to see him getting picked on that I wanted to, to just stop. And I couldn't find any other way to stop because no teachers on. So I just tackled one of the kids. He goes, I just held them down. I didn't punch him. I didn't hit him. I just tackled him and held him down. And then everyone just went away. Now, mind you, my kid is like two feet tall. And the kid he took down is like five foot. You know, he's like the, one of the biggest kids in the thing. So first of all, I'm like, well, how did, what are you, Samson? Like, did we need to give you a haircut? Like, how in the heck did you even do that? <laughs> but while in my mind, I'm like, Take that fool out, dude. Like, you know, I'm. thank you. You stood up for your friend. Like, it was an injustice. You stood up to him. I thought, ah, but I don't want to multiply the sickness of violence in my son to think that violence is the only way. So we had to talk it out. Hey, son, you know, like the kids, they were using words, but they weren't touching you. You know, they weren't like they shoved your friend. But if he was okay, what you should have done is just you know, broke through, ran out, grab a teacher and go, yo, this is going down. Let them come break it up. You don't need to take that in your hands because I'm conscious knowing that yes, at times, of course, if someone's attacking me, I'm not just going to stand there. Of course, I'm going to use physical ability to restrain and stop whatever bad things happening. But I don't want my son to only think that initial rational response is violence, even though our culture just says they celebrate the kid that beats up the other kid. But that plays out to what in the future? A mentally ill kid grabbing a gun, walking to school and killing a bunch of kids. So that's what I'm saying. How can we find as Christians the solutions to the heart issue, speak to it, be active in it, promote 
what needs to happen, not get caught on either side of the gun debate about the object, make the issue about the heart, step into that scenario and do our best to provide a better future. Now, the issue in culture right now is culture wants to create utopia. Culture desires to make it where humans live forever. Culture desires to make it where everyone gets along. Culture desires where, you know, no one's separated, everyone's equal. That That's literally impossible. And to be honest, the only way wars stop in a broken world right now is either everyone comes to Jesus <laughs> or there is the threat of force in different categories. We're just a broken world. And if there's not a threat of of discipline for poor actions, wars, chaos breaks out. And because America has been a threat in the past, um, in the years when we've had presidents that have been strong on their agenda of threatening, the world has had peace. Because if there's not some t stronger power disciplinarian pushing on the world, the world goes into chaos because we are a broken world and we don't have the capacity in ourselves to create a utopian environment with peace and love. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's an illusion. It's never coming. That's why Jesus came to make everything new again. And only when he comes and wraps it all up and does away with wickedness and evil for good, does that ever happen? So until then, yeah, there is a level of defense, not being offensive, not trying to attack, but trying to dismantle, um, so I, so I get that. I get that there needs to be, I'm not saying that you guys, anyone should just lay down if someone jumps in your house with a gun. You should, no, just, you know, Jesus said to just stand here. You know, that's not the picture we see in the in the um, Sermon on the Mount. You know, the idea of Sermon on the Mount is you should do what you can do to absorb the evil and shut it down in the defense of others. So I, I'm, all, I'm, I'm all for that. But what I'm trying to say is let's get to the root of the issue when these things come up, let us be people that don't just make the argument on the object. Let us step into the world and say, the real core issue is a heart issue. What does it look like for me and my family to allow this terrible scenario to give me the opportunity to teach my kids or be reminded that I don't want to be violent in nature? And how can I provide a solution of course, it's not going to be perfect because we live in a perfect world. How can I provide a solution to the issue of gun violence, which is ultimately an issue of violence, which is ultimately an issue of violence in the heart? And what can I do to celebrate choosing to not be violent in different scenarios? Okay, for some of you, you loved what I just said. For some of you, you will never listen to a podcast ever again. For some of you, I said enough. For some of you, I did not say enough. But that's the glorious nature of this podcast. I get to just say whatever I want and what I'm thinking. I hope for some of you, you found that encouraging and maybe found a better way forward than the ways that are being given to you in the arguments and debates that are happening in culture. Remember, we always want to tune that stuff out, tune into God's word, and be communicators of that. All right, bless you, faith family. Until next time.